0: I don't and have never claimed to be an expert in the field of education. In my time interacting with educators from all over the U.S. and the globe, a few things stick out to me. It's what you've heard. Teachers are under. Under attack. Underappreciated. Underfunded. Understandably fed up. So many teachers, apt at following instructions even when those transformational reforms are actively against decades of academically sourced research, listen to our haters and quit. We didn't like it. We didn't like the disrespect or the physical and verbal assaults from parents, students, administration, and the community at large. We got tired of lying about our profession when we got the sinking feeling a person we were speaking with was about to rattle off any number of anti education platitudes from a conservative public education hate group. It wasn't without pain or grief. Many of us wanted to be teachers our whole lives. Many have multiple degrees of academic work devoted to this profession. Some of us came into teaching after time in another sector, only to be horrified at just how bad teaching has become. And although it's hard to break through the grand misinformation campaign propagated by the conservative party, there do seem to be a few people out there in the universe who are bothering to ask, how can we help? How can we keep wonderful and effective teachers in the classroom? To keep public education going and secure a future generation of adults who are conscious, empathic, able to think critically, and respectful. This blog post is for those people who actually care to listen to educators and implement their feedback. I don't propose to be an expert on educational policy. I can only say that I lasted four months at one of the most challenging schools in the country. I'm not being dramatic, the school literally used to be on the dangerous school list and was closed for decades due to how poorly it was functioning. I've substitute taught for two years in a variety of public school districts, including the top high school in my state, a public charter. I've seen rural, suburban, urban, small, medium sized, and huge. Schools with zero diversity and schools with a lot of diversity. I've spoken to a lot of teachers and seen just how much variety there is in the way things are done. I'm simply proposing some solutions that would actually address the teacher shortage and prevent burnout, I'm not an implementation expert. Teachers should have one hour for planning and one hour for PLCs or other meetings, such as IEPs, per day. If they have no meeting, Give them extra planning time. Don't make them miss their planning under any circumstances. It's also a bit of decompression time. Do not make teachers turn in lesson plans unless you truly plan to look over every single one. One can write a great lesson plan and be a terrible teacher. Vice versa, one can write a terrible lesson plan and be a great teacher. Stop giving them meaningless paperwork. If you really think that your teachers are not professionals who plan intentional, high-quality lessons to reach their students, it's your fault for hiring them in the first place. Duty-free 45-minute lunch. This is not the same thing as a planning period. This means the teacher can shut their own door and will not be interrupted by students, colleagues, administration, parents, staff, etc., unless there is an actual emergency that would cause them to need to evacuate the building. Leave them the hell alone. If your legislation won't do anything about it, reach out to parents and guardians, local community partners, and agencies to help fund the supplies your teachers need to do their jobs. No teacher should have to beg online for pencils, paper, or other basic supplies students need to succeed. If your legislature won't pay them, use the community or any allies of public education to help you out. Can they provide gas cards to teachers? Group childcare during staff nights out? Gift cards for new teachers to purchase a professional wardrobe? Use your community. Go Mutual Aid. Cap class sizes lower than your state slash district slash etc. mandates. Research shows that smaller class sizes mean that students get more attention in addition to a plethora of other benefits. Plus, it's basic logic. A class size of 30 students in a 50 minute class period means that if the teacher were to spread out their interaction with students equally, each student would get less than two seconds of personal one on one interaction with each student per class period. How are educators supposed to build relationships with students? Osmosis? Times that 30 students by 5, or often, more, class periods, and you've got a recipe for a teacher going through the motions, just happy that no fights occurred in their classroom this particular day. Back up your teachers when they have a conflict with parents slash guardians or students. I'm not stating that as a hard and fast rule, but teachers who don't feel supported by their administration are more likely to resign, especially mid-year. That was my experience as well. If a parent slash guardian hasn't talked directly to the teacher they have an issue with and come to you instead, hold a meeting and be present as a witness to what goes down. Support your teachers. They are on your team, so don't make them feel like they're playing alone. Invest time to hire a school site substitute teacher to minimize the disruption to your teacher's planning and meeting time. If you have the power to implement any of these ideas for solutions or any other ideas that your teachers give you via feedback, please do so. You have at least some power to aid the pandemic of teacher burnout. The alternative is more hiring pressure for you later and a huge loss of institutional memory for students and the community at large. Students deserve better. Teachers deserve better. A teacher's working conditions are student learning conditions.